So first, let me qualify. Um, my disease of compulsive overeating, and it is absolutely a disease with a mental physical component to it, without a doubt. And I certainly struggle with that mental component, component, the insanity of what we do. And certainly some of my story shares some of that insanity. Uh, my disease first became active in my life when I was 10 years old. And I grew up really rapidly. I was five foot ten when I was in fifth grade. And moving to a new elementary school and being walked in in the middle of the school year. And someone shouted in the class, she is taller than the principal. I was taller than everybody, adult or child in that school. And I just knew I was different in some way because of that. And my mom, who certainly didn't understand me in any way, shape, or form, uh, actually looked at my arms sometimes. My hair was darker on my arms. And she says, you look just like a man. And you know, that had such an impact on me as a 10-year-old that it wasn't until I was 25, 26 that I had the strength and courage to ask a physician whether as a man or a woman. Throughout those early years, um, my, my mom had had absolutely the disease of compulsive eating, as had her mother. Uh, she was raised in England during the war and during rationing and used food to get her father to buy her ice cream. But, and she truly, she learned from her mom how to use shame to try and force her to lose weight. And that was something that was inbred for me. She was also an only child um, whose mom died when she was 13. And then my mom and dad had 11 children. <laughs> the oldest child of 11 children. So that's kind of some of the background within that. But within that, weight was always a battle. It was just always a battle. And frankly, I would lie and I would steal. And she like, just could not figure out how to be who I was. I didn't understand this disease. No one understood this disease. And my mom only knew that by shame and pain that there, she might be able to conquer it for me. I have lost 100 plus pounds four times in my life. The first time was when I was about 36 years old. And at that point, it was my highest weight of 416 pounds. Um, I was a nurse. I was a critical care nurse. I was a manager of a critical care unit and instructing patients at 416 pounds on diet and exercise. Now, I can just imagine the confidence they had in what I was sharing with them. I did that first weight loss because I wanted to move to be hired at a new location, a, a new hospital, a different area. And I knew no one would hire me at that weight. So I worked for the pay-in way and lost almost that 100 pounds by the time I went for the interview. But still, I was 300 plus pounds. And I was actually asked during that interview what I was doing about my weight. And when I shared my success, they asked if I was going to continue doing that. 
Of course, now today we know that's no legal question, but in fact, I was asked that at that point in time. And so I lost the weight, but then gradually started gaining the weight again. And when I was 44 again, I was in a regional position. And falling asleep, I had severe um, sleep apnea. And I was falling asleep and snorting away from meetings, which, which embarrassed my manager in front of all these regional leaders, needless to say. My manager brought me in and said, just stop this eating. Just stop it. And of course, we don't understand our disease at that point. We didn't understand the disease process. I just saying stop doesn't work. Anyway, lost 100 pounds again. And then um, my mom, who ended up coming in, uh, I bought a home so she could come out and live with me. At that point in time, I was in another rapid weight loss, uh, weight gain again. And I considered bariatric surgery, so I thought, this, i got to figure something out. Maybe bariatric surgery will take care of it. And I actually went to the class, and they talked about how many people regain the weight. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I asked for a referral to a psychiatrist because I wanted to know why am I keep on trying to kill myself? I mean, this disease is so invasive. And they referred me to an MSW who did their first intake and said, okay, number one, you're not suicidal, you're not this, you're not that. And they said, Mary, you have to know. You have a disease. You have a disease of addiction, compulsive overeating, and you need to do, go to compulsive to overeaters anonymous. So that 18 years ago, 18, 19 years ago, was the first time I went to overeaters anonymous. I did not work. I went out for over a year. I lost 100 pounds. I did not have a sponsor. I did not report my food. I basically didn't do anything except for we did kind of go through the steps of the group, but never individually. I was there as a social club. It got me away from my mom for four hours in a beautiful Napa Valley every Saturday. And that was the joy there. And I had the support, you know, just to keep on moving away. So now we come to the fourth time. And this was um, when I was 67. And once I lost the weight, I left the social club. So I was feeling pretty cocky. I knew how to have this under control now. And so now I'm 67, and I'm trying to qualify for a knee replacement surgery. And you had to be down at a certain BMI to be successful. So pay away again. And with lost the weight, met the goal, was approved for surgery. And in two and a half months, I regained 25,000. Now, where is the total insanity of that? And on New Year's Eve, I said, if I cannot for 24 hours, now I'm not a paying way, where you go and buy the food. And of course, I ate a whole bunch of stuff beyond what I was paying for. If I cannot stick to this for 24 hours, I'm going back to Ireland. I couldn't do it. I walked into OA. Today, I'm 985 days abstinent, for which I am deeply grateful. 
I'm at a healthy body weight for the first time in so many decades. And it's been through working the steps. And we're told that the steps are a recipe for recovery. And they truly are a recipe. And a recipe you need to follow step by step. My sponsor found me in my second meeting and she, she's still my sponsor. And she helped me work those steps. And it was not, it was not easy. <laughs> I had 67 years of a lot of anger, frustration, all these things that we had to work through together. And it was so challenging. But as we got to the ninth step, I love that the spiritual principle is love. Because ultimately, it is that place of love, not only for others, but for myself and compassion for myself. When I first worked through the ninth step with my sponsor, um, there were amends I made both for myself, but to others. But it was interesting how often I was making amends for situations where I thought I was doing the right thing, providing a home for somebody for 10 years, which when my sponsor helped to see me from that different perspective, she was almost like a prisoner in my home. She. I mean, not a person, but she was. I had not allowed her to be as best that she could be by what I was doing there. Five minutes, okay, I need to move along here. So it was important for me to recognize that and to have the release of moving through that and completing the step. Step nine came to life for me again, though, recently when my sponsee was just finishing her ninth step with me. And part of that was making amends with her mother and her uh, stepfather. And her mom was dying of cancer. And she had the opportunity to make those amends, first of all, and be there during her last three weeks of life in that place of right relationship. They talk about the ninth step being about right relationship. Because she had righted those relationships, she could be there as that loving daughter. And I realized I never had that problem, that opportunity with my mom. Because I was so angry at the time when she finally was in the place of having an acute event and dying. And I finally asked my siblings to help me because I was so emotional and physically exhausted. I just couldn't be there. I never had that opportunity. I wasn't in a program that gave me the steps of how to have these discussions with my mom, how to write our relationship. So I never had that opportunity. So as I'm recovering from my second knee surgery recently, I had the opportunity doing my work on the bike and you just go on, go on, go on, go on on the bike. 
And I actually had the opportunity to have a conversation with my mom who died in 2009. I had a conversation with my mom and really shared with her what I would have been feeling on my ninth son. And I really felt that connection and that writing of our relationship. And truly, when we talk about love being that spiritual principle, it is so giving. And I love it in the big, in the big book. You know, it's not something we have in our OA 12 and 12. But in the big book, when it talks about the ninth step, it immediately falls with the promises. Those wonderful promises that in my home meeting in Sacramento, we end every meeting reading those promises. And I have to say that when I look back, with deep gratitude for 985 days of abstinence. I still have this disease. I know it's progressive. I know it could kill me if I were not actively working these steps and being in this program every single day of the time. And speaking those promises and knowing that they have been and continue to come true in my life every single day. What a blessing it is to have this ninth step. And then 10, 11, 12 is how we continue to support and to nurture and to keep ourselves in that right relationship, that spiritual condition. Because again, in the big book, they really reinforce the importance of this is bringing ourselves into that fit spiritual condition where we can be fully present in our lives and be in right relationship with those around us. And on a daily basis, shed that stuff, that rust of irritability, discontent. Now I have a skin reduction surgery I'm waiting for, and there's two people ahead of me. And so the words of my husband to come in, oh, maybe they'll get COVID, so I'll go first. No, that not anybody. But yeah, that part of the process, they would go there and actually wish that horrible thing on someone so I can be first. So thank you for the opportunity to share with you today. Um, the ninth step is such a blessing in my life. The promises that come as a result of moving into that ninth step are ours to have when we are healing fully present. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.